The Lord be with you. And also with you. Lift up your hearts. We lift them up to the Lord. Where the dawn of the east meets the twilight of the west and the cool of the north touches the calm of the south and the transcendent power of God touches earth in the humility of Christ. Here and now where the head of the Charles reaches out to the heart of the country, we gather for ordered worship, the liturgy, music, homily and sacrament are offered in the praise of God for this gathered congregation in Marsh Chapel, for our radio congregation across New England at WBUR 90.9 FM, and for our internet listenership around the globe at WBUR.org. We welcome your prayerful and material support, your written and emailed responses, your self-selection of forms of ministry in our midst, and as the Spirit moves, your presence with us here in worship on Sunday. This is the day that the Lord has made. We shall rejoice and be glad in it. As we are able, may we stand in the praise of God.
let us pray. Let your continual mercy, O Lord, cleanse and defend your church. And because it cannot continue in safety without your help, protect and govern it always by your goodness. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. Please be seated. A lesson from the book of Genesis, chapter 32, verses 22 through 31. The same night he got up and took his two wives, his two maids, and his eleven children, and crossed the ford of the Jabbok. He took them and sent them across the stream, and likewise everything that he had. Jacob was left alone, and a man wrestled with him until daybreak. When the man saw that he did not prevail against Jacob, he struck him on the hip socket, and Jacob's hip was put out of joint as he wrestled with him. Then he said, Let me go, for the day is breaking. But Jacob said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. So he said to him, What is your name? And he said, Jacob. Then the man said, You shall no longer be called Jacob, but Israel, for you have striven with God and with humans and have prevailed. Then Jacob asked him, Please tell me your name. But he said, Why is it that you ask my name? And there he blessed him. So Jacob called the place Peniel, saying, For I have seen God face to face, and yet my life is preserved. The sun rose upon him as he passed Penuel, limping because of his hip. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
Let us say together verses from Psalm 17 with the Antiphon. A just cause, O Lord, attend to my cry. Give ear to my prayer from lips free of deceit. From you let my vindication come, let your eyes see the right. If you try my heart, if you visit me by night, if you test me, you will find no wickedness in me. My mouth does not transgress. As for what others do, by the word of your lips, I have avoided the ways of the violent. My steps have held fast to your paths. My feet have not slipped. I call upon you, for you will answer me, O God. Incline your ear to me. Hear my words. Wondrously show your steadfast love, O Savior of those who seek refuge from their adversaries at your right hand. As for me, I shall behold your face in righteousness. When I awake, I shall be satisfied, beholding your likeness. to stand as we are able for the singing of the Gloria Patri and the reading of the Gospel. of our Lord Jesus Christ according to St. Matthew, chapter 14, verses 13 through 21. Glory to you, O Lord. Now when Jesus heard this, he withdrew from there in a boat to a deserted place by himself. But when the crowds heard it, they followed him on foot from the towns. When he went ashore, he saw a great crowd, and he had compassion for them and cured their sick. When it was evening, the disciples came to him and said, This is a deserted place, and the hour is now late. Send the crowds away, so that they may go into the villages and buy food for themselves. Jesus said to them, They need not go away. 
you give them something to eat. They replied, we have nothing here but five loaves and two fish. And he said, bring them here to me. Then he ordered the crowds to sit down on the grass. Taking the five loaves and the two fish, he looked up to heaven and blessed and broke the loaves and gave them to the disciples and the disciples gave them to the crowds and all ate and were filled. And they took up what was left over of the broken pieces, 12 baskets full. And those who ate were about 5,000 men, besides women and children. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. Ignatius of Loyola, whose feast day was July 31st this past Thursday, would perhaps advise us in the reading and the hearing of the gospel on Sunday to give ourselves the chance to imagine, visually imagine ourselves moving with the crowd and with Jesus and with the disciples. Let us pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our strength and our redeemer. Amen. Our holy scripture starts out so far from our immediate experience that it is perhaps by apocalypse, by revelation alone, that its cargo of good news may be delivered upon the shoreline of our souls. All are fed, all are satisfied, all are commanded, all are responsive, all are addressable, all are addressable, all consume under the voice like none other, and all are consumed by the presence like none other. His voice, his presence, like none other. Jesus withdraws by boat. Jesus sees, has compassion, cures. Jesus commands. Jesus rejects the disciples' pragmatic suggestion that the crowd find ways to shelter in place. Jesus gives something to eat. Two fish and five loaves, or is it five fish and two loaves, or is it two loaves and five fish? Two and five. Here is lasting, ultimate nourishment for all. Here is an audible, trustworthy voice for all. Here is a meal set for all. Here is a gathering around a common need and a common prayer for all. No division here, no separation here, no doctrinal, religious, political, historical, ethnic conflict here. One Lord, one voice, one presence, one gathering, one meal, one mysterious communion, all fed. All ate and were filled. That all were fed is astounding. That all were satisfied is miraculous. 
We, it should be admitted, are closer in our experience to the rest of chapter 14, its beginning and its ending. John the Baptist's head, delivered on a platter at the request of a young woman, prompted by her mother, produced in the middle of a feast as a gift consequent on beautiful dance and an uttered oath, the brutality of the act, the tragedy of unexpected consequences to heartfelt offerings, the loss of prophetic voice, the portent of violence yet to come, the relative aplomb with which the news of his death is conveyed, these we recognize readily from our own world. Likewise, not before but after our reading, the anxiety and terror of those who are stumblingly trying to follow Jesus, the sinking of Peter as he tries to walk on water, the rock sinking like a rock, the evaluation of his faith as little faith, the failed return in soaking wet to the bark, the nave, the boat of the community, our walk each Lord's day, week by week. These we recognize from our own life and experience. We are closer in experience to what comes before and what comes after. Here in the mist, here in the gathered community, here in earshot of his voice like none other, here now we wonder at all fed voice, command, compassion, presence, prayer, nourishment, astonishment. We are more like Jacob. And Jacob is more at home with his experience before and after the angel. He has swindled Esau. He has feared his recompense from Esau. He has schemed to be returned to good graces with the one whom he fears will come and kill him. He assembles a massive bribe of animal husbandry. Then, after the angel, not before, Jacob and Esau make a kind of peace settled with gifts and pledges, even though Jacob is virtually certain that Esau has come to rid the earth of him. Fear and miscalculation, fore and aft, Jacob knows, as do we. Fear and miscalculation, fore and aft. Yet it is from the nighttime tussle that Jacob gets his name not from the long trail of endless drama and conflict over land, progeny, cattle, and money. All night, that night, Jacob has wrestled with a man, a presence, a being, who gives the blessing of a name, but also the curse of suffering. Week by week, we too struggle to remember our rightful mind, our right name, known in presence, a presence that seems very much like absence, alongside our getting and spending for and aft. One who strives, one who struggles, one who wrestles with, this is Jacob's new name, voice, presence. Compassion, command, prayer, 
nourishment, astonishment. St. Matthew has again fixed up St. Mark's earlier version of this account, as he does also in the next chapter with the second feeding story. Matthew gives a terse summary, a curt, shortened account in his use of Mark. Every rendering of the gospel unto this very morning and this very hour and this very syllable takes the measure of a particular moment, location, community, and ministry. Matthew quickens the dramatic pace, tightening the introduction, shortening the story, moving quickly to the point, all fed, all satisfied. The terror in the reign of Domitian, perhaps on Matthew's horizon near the year 90, may have influenced and quickened our gospel writer's pace. In moving to the conclusion, Matthew leaves out the ordering of seating, the throngs mark and self-selected arrangement by 100s and 50s, and refers to the guests as crowds, not people. So doing, it may be he further highlights the ordering command of the host is his sense of his church's own structural development on Matthew's horizon. It is not so much the details and the changes that Luke and Matthew, writing 15 or more years later, inflict on Mark, as it is the very act of changing itself that carries the meaning. There is, there needs ever to be freedom in interpretation, a freedom given and guarded by the Holy Spirit, working in and through the Holy Scripture, given and guarded both. Our reading today is one of the very few found in all four Gospels. John 2 carries a roughly congruent account with the five and two, fishes, loaves, loaves, fishes, our gospel today formed a center, one hesitates to say the center, but a center in the earliest church's pronouncement of the gospel, all. All means all. All satisfied. Week by week, we too struggle to remember our rightful mind, our right name, known in presence, a presence that seems like absence, alongside our getting and spending for and aft. All fed. We may venture to apply the gospel today as we come to the Lord's table together in two ways. One related to our Marsh ministry and our National Summer Preacher Series this summer, and one related to our global experience of violence this summer. Emerging adults, like all adults, need, deserve, receive, consume, and depend on this presence that seems like absence. They are courageously leading faithful lives over against a panoply of chilling and prevailing winds. As a community of faith, we live and work in a community with emerging adults. 
Some will more easily and more readily avail themselves by their own volition of the means of grace offered here, familiar words, hymns, music, architecture, time, place, mode, aid them on arrival a month from now. For others, and they are a part, a huge part, of the all in all as well. For our doors to be fully open will require a loving creativity and earnest invitational spirit for us all. With courage across this great land, our emerging adults are living in faith, soon to arrive guests navigate the swells and tides of what Christian Smith describes in Lost in Transition, the dark side of emerging adulthood. With courage, they navigate the swells and tides of a millennial culture, what Charles Blow called the selfie generation. And we have a meal to prepare. A meal of learning that begets virtue and virtue that begets piety, of knowing that begets acting and acting that begets being. And for some of our guests, soon to be, the offering, the means of grace, word and table, may just be the intervening word between illness and health, danger and safety, failure and achievement, loss and life. Salvus, salvus, salvus. Health, salvation. An Atlantic Monthly article this spring ended this way. American higher education is the envy of the world. American higher education has, however, one glaring deficiency. It does not teach its undergraduates how to live, teaches them when the French Revolution was, what the carbon cycle is, and how to solve for X. It does not teach them what to do when they feel confused, alone, and scared, when they break down after a break up, when they are so depressed they cannot get out of bed, when they drink themselves into unconsciousness, when they find themselves living on someone else's couch, when they decide to go off their meds, when they flunk a class or even flunk out of school, when they get fired, when a sibling dies, when they don't make the team, when they get pregnant, when their divorced parents just won't stop fighting, when they're too sick to get to the hospital, when they lose their scholarship, when they've been arrested for vandalism, when they're thinking about suicide, when they force themselves to throw up after every meal, when they turn to drugs for relief from their pain, when they've been assaulted or raped, when their mind is racing and cannot stop, when they wonder about the meaning of it all, when they are terrified by the question, what do I do next? That is where you come in, Marsh Chapel. Remember, revere the presence that seems like absence in community with young adults this year. Remember a promise of all fed. 
We could use a measure of this gospel this very summer in another way as well. If your religious perspective and posture, faith, if your faith, if the community of faith mean anything, then surely they mean a voiced, steady rejection of the taking of innocent life, the slaughter of children, youth, women, and men who become collateral damage in the course of violent conflict. At some visceral level, we all can connect with what it would mean to have our own seven-year-olds killed in the mayhem of warfare. When we pause in the presence of the presence, very much like absence, we are chastened, numbed, and brought to our very knees. One of the great and lasting shadows upon human history and experience is our common shared ready willingness time and again to try to apply short-term solutions to long-term problems. Women, men, families, communities, colleges, businesses, governments, religions, and yes, nation states are all prone to think short-term solutions will avail for long-term problems. They will not. We are tempted to think that a hidden tunnel on one hand or a drone missile on the other that partly hobble an enemy will bring some solution when the long-term issues lie in the structures of relationships across and among divided peoples. Beware Short-term victories can be truly pyrrhic ones. A short-term solution that is no solution to a long-term problem that has only become a greater one, that's a pyrrhic victory. Our gospel today promises nourishment for all, all fed, all satisfied, all no expendable children because they happen to be housed across some invisible line. It is the towering and powerful genius of today's ancient and central narrative in Matthew 14.31 that restores us to rightful mind, to a steady hope. All fed. Our gospel affirms gathering of all in the face of separation for some, a command to all in the face of desire to exclude some, a blessing of all in the face of arguments to limit such blessing to some, a nourishment of all in the face of a shared human proclivity to make that all, all of our own, not theirs. It is the towering, powerful, voice of Jesus and him crucified, whose own compassionate presence in absence feeds us still, feeds all still, feeds all to hasten the day that all truly, truly all are fed. We sat in Lincolnville, Maine last Sunday afternoon following worship along a misty seacoast. 
We read the paper and were nourished in an old portside restaurant. Paper and food, word and table, word and table, table and word. The news of the day, of these days, you know well. It makes you wonder sometimes, what is the real, final, realism? An old familiar voice with an old familiar tune carrying an old familiar poem came over the simple, inexpensive medium of the radio, the medium, the radio of the poor, our choice of media here at Marsh Chapel in part for that reason, our proud participation with and support for NPR partly for that reason. Alastair MacLeod, who died this year, remembered in his novel, No Great Mischief, the Gaelic term meaning moon, Lachran Eignabach, the lamp of the poor. The lamp of the poor, the medium of the poor, the voice of for with the poor, and in a misty afternoon hour in Lincolnville, Maine, a familiar old voice, imagine all the people living life in peace. You may say I'm a dreamer, but I'm not the only one. Take heart. Lift your hearts. Hear the gospel. Hatred does not kill the possibility of peace. Terror does not eliminate the potential for change. The collapse of civility today does not do anything to the lived memory and experience of past civility, except make it all the more precious. The unspeakable tragedy of innocent death does not mark the end of the capacity. It's still there for coexistence, for managed monitored and forced coexistence. Imagine all. A common faith, a common ground, a common hope, all fed. Do you believe this? Will you live in such belief? And taking the five loaves and the two fish, he looked up to heaven and blessed and broke the loaves and gave them to the disciples, and the disciples gave them to the crowds. And all ate, and all were satisfied.
Dear friends, please be seated. We welcome you once again here to the Nave of Marsh Chapel and hope you will participate in our ritual of friendship by putting your name and contact information in the red books found along the center aisle of each pew, passing that book along to your neighbor uh, so that we can get to know you better and help you get to know one another better throughout the coming week. We note once again that two weeks hence, uh, Liz Douglas, our chapel associate for LGBTQ and UCC ministry, will be ordained to the ministry in the United Church of Christ uh, at 3 o'clock on the afternoon of Sunday, August 17th at the United Parish in Brookline. More information is available in your bulletin. We do hope you can join us there. A special congratulations this week to former ministry associates Kristen Redford and Graylin Heidinger on their recent engagement. As the ushers wait upon us for the morning offering, we invite you to meditate this morning on Benjamin Britten's Jubilate Deo. Now walk in love as Christ loves us, an offering and sacrifice to God.
work before us, for the life within us, for the fellowship among us, for thy love that surrounds us. We give thee thanks, O Lord. Bless these gifts and the givers, we pray. In Christ's name, amen. Christ our Lord invites to his table all who love him, who earnestly repent of their sin and seek to live in peace with one another. Therefore, let us confess our sin before God and one another. Let us pray. Merciful God, we confess that we have not loved you with our whole heart. We have failed to be an obedient church. We have not done your will. We have broken your law. We have rebelled against your love. We have not loved our neighbors and we have not heard the cry of the needy. Forgive us, we pray. Free us for joyful obedience. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Hear the good news. Christ died for us while we were yet sinners. That proves God's love toward us. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. Glory to God. Amen. The peace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you always. Let us exchange with one another signs of Christ's peace. Lord be with you. And also with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right and a good and joyful thing always and everywhere to give thanks to you, almighty God, creator of heaven and earth. You formed us in your image and breathed into us the breath of life. When we turned away and our love failed, your love remained steadfast. You delivered us from captivity, made covenant to be our sovereign God, and spoke to us through your prophets. And so with your people on earth and all the company of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. Blessed is your Son, Jesus Christ. Your Spirit anointed him to preach good news to the poor, to proclaim release to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to announce that the time had come when you would save your people. He healed the sick, fed the hungry, and ate with sinners. By the baptism of his suffering, death, and resurrection, you gave birth to your church, delivered us from slavery to sin and death, and made with us a new covenant by water and the Spirit. When the Lord Jesus ascended, he promised to be with us always in the power of your word and Holy Spirit. On the night in which he gave himself for us, he took bread, gave thanks to you, broke the bread, 
gave us to his disciples and said, take, eat, this is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And when the supper was over, he took the cup, he gave thanks to you, gave it to his disciples and said, drink from this, all of you, this is my blood of the new covenant poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And so in remembrance of these your mighty acts in Jesus Christ, we offer ourselves in praise and thanksgiving as a holy and living sacrifice in union with Christ's offering for us as we proclaim the mystery of faith. your Holy Spirit on us gathered here and on these gifts of bread and wine. Make them be for us the body and blood of Christ that we may be for the world the body of Christ redeemed by his blood. By your Spirit make us one with Christ, one with each other, and one in ministry to all the world until Christ comes in final victory and we feast at his heavenly banquet. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit in your holy church, all honor and glory is yours, almighty God now and forever. Amen. And now with the confidence of children of God, let us pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us
Let us pray together. Eternal God, we give you thanks for this holy mystery in which you have given yourself to us. Grant that we may go into the world in the strength of your spirit to give ourselves for others. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. support us all the day long of this troublous life until the shadows lengthen and the evening comes. The busy world is hushed, the fever of life is over, and our work is done. Then in thy mercy grant us a safe rest, a happy lodging, and peace at the last, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. 